Hi, this is Chad. I'm so glad to be part of your journey towards product mastery so you can create products that your customers love and we can do a better job of that. This episode is sponsored by the RPM experience. That's the rapid product mastery experience. It is really the fastest way for product VPs to get everyone contributing to product work on the same page, learning foundational information and helping them improve together and really increase their speed of work together as well. It's ideal for newly formed teams or teams that are in some kind of transition, possibly growing quickly and maybe having a high risk, high stakes sort of project. It's not like other training because it really is an experience the way it brings people together. If you want to check out and see if it might be right for your group, simply go to productmasterynow.com slash RPM. Today, we're talking about preparing for the next generation of innovators. And this might not be focused directly on you, but maybe on you as a parent, or maybe you have a nephew or a niece, or somehow other, you know, otherwise you have kids involved in your life and you're concerned about the future of innovation and innovators in our society. This is going to be a really helpful discussion for you. And I do hope you listen because I think most of us have some influence in kids' life that we can bear, especially kids that are 6 to 12 grades. And helping us with this conversation is Jenny Kopek. She's the CEO of Science Olympiad and the president of the Science Olympiad USA Foundation Board. And as a reminder, listeners, if you do want to go back and see a written copy of anything that we talk about, we take detailed notes for you. We also prepare a one-page action guide to help you take away some key insights from our discussion. You'll find those resources at productmasterynow.com slash 426. Jenny, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I was really excited when we got connected because we're a family that has some connection to Science Olympiad. I'm actually co-hosting this with my daughter today, Caitlin. Hello. Caitlin's a junior in college studying physics, and we can talk more about how that came about maybe in Science Olympiad's impact. And she may have some questions for you as we get going, too. But kick us off. Tell us, what is Science Olympiad? So I love talking about Science Olympiad. And I think what's great about Science Olympiad to your listeners is that it's really creating the next generation workforce. So Science Olympiad has been around for almost 40 years now. We're one of the largest STEM competitions in the United States. And we have school teams all across the country in all 50 states. So right before the pandemic, we had about 8,000 teams of kids in grades 6 to 12. So we had almost a quarter million students competing. And the way Science Olympiad works is that there's 23 events for each division. Kids form a team of 15 in their school. They practice just like an athletic team, and they advance through levels of competition from regionals to state to nationals. So we've been doing this now, like I said, for almost four decades. And every year we have alums that graduate, go on to college, just like your daughter, go into STEM careers or other careers, but they take what they learned from Science Olympiad with them, which are the soft skills of collaboration, teamwork, and intellectual curiosity, which is a hallmark of Science Olympiad. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the soft skill aspect of that as well, right? Because mm-hmm. on one hand, you can imagine that the the 6th to 12th graders that get into this might be more on the nerdy, geeky side. And being one of those, I use mm-hmm. the, those words in very fond terms. But And that's certainly my observations. That, that's certainly true. That does seem to be a, a reasonable stereotype. But it gives people an opportunity to have to work in teams and to build those communication skills and get comfortable with others and just figure that out. And the soft skills are really helpful. It's not just the more concrete STEM side of things. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what we hear actually from our workforce partners. That's one of the things that they love about students that are in Science Olympiad is that when they show up to work, whether it's at a university doing research, a government position, or a major corporation, they have those teamwork skills already embedded in their process. They're problem solvers. They are creative. They are not afraid to take risks, and they're also not afraid to fail. Yeah, really important skills to have. Yeah, I definitely agree. I learned so much from Science Olympia. I think the biggest part, though, was being on a team. And because I was always thinking, I need to do my part because my teammates are counting on me. And it was a really great experience to learn that aspect of teamwork. You probably also are working with people that you might not have necessarily known. Yeah. So you're learning from them and you're learning different skill sets because a lot of what Science Olympiad is cross-column learning. So you're, you have some people who are engineers, some people who are more interested in study skills, some people who are more interested in lab or bench skills, and they come together and you actually can learn from each other. Yeah, and that's very valuable. Yeah, great activity, right? Being a parent of it. Speaking of parents, what do you tell parents or guardians about Science Olympiad, why their kids should be in it? Well, I'll use the kids' comments straight from straight from them. I think it's great to hear from me, but I always take the, the word of the participants. And the thing that I hear the most is that Science Olympiad was that one thing in the student's life. It was the thing that really brought them to school. It's what kept them going to school, mm-hmm. what kept them interested in the subject matter that connected the real world to what they were learning in the classroom. So sure, there's lots of kids who are great students. They're obviously going to excel, but what Science Olympia does is it allows them to choose the pathway on what kind of topic they want to excel, and they can apply their learning in ways that the classroom just doesn't offer that opportunity. So I think that parents who are really looking to give their kids a nudge into the direction of certain activities, the kid's going to choose the activity on their own. But Science Olympia is something that will definitely create a skill set in a student that they can take throughout their college and their entire career. Yeah, and we hit on some of the important elements of that already, right? So the job preparation, the teamwork, the working with others, and obviously what you learn, right? So I'd like to get a better picture of what this is like, and Caitlin can share some of her experience too. But what is it the kids do learn? You talked about you have a team of 15 people, there's different events, how are the teams structured? Share some insights into that for us. Yeah, I will. When Science Olympiad was founded, it was founded by a group of people who were super committed to science education. So back in the late 70s and 80s, there were a lot of educators who were doing work at the grassroots level, all the way up to like heading state science departments for and working with the government. So coming together, what they wanted to do was share that love of all sciences and bring all the different sciences together. So it wasn't just a single discipline topic. It's not just robotics Olympiad or biology Olympiad or chemistry Olympiad. They wanted something for everyone. And I think Mm -hmm. the thing that they all realized is that they came from different backgrounds and they wanted to party together in science. So what they did was they created this great this great system of 23 events. So there are six columns of events, essentially. There's a life science events, earth science events, space science events, physics, chemistry, tech and engineering, and then inquiry of science events. So for every type of standards-based science that there is, we have a Science Olympiad event that year. And then that's how the, that's how the events are formed. So 
based on having 15 kids on a team, there's 23 events and they're always in pairs. You're never working alone. So what the cool thing is that you have to do more than one event. So if you're really into studying, you can do a bio event, but you could also do a building event. You could also maybe try one of the chemistry events. So we really encourage students to branch out, to try different things. And we make sure that we also feed the teachers by making sure that every event is standards aligned. So we're not veering off course. We're not making things up just because we think they're interesting. We're actually aligned to the curriculum so that everything the kids are learning in school is just on steroids, essentially, in Science Olympiad. And I'm sure Caitlin can really speak to that as well. What events did you do? My first year, I did forensics and optics. So I was in ninth grade and just barely getting into it. But forensics, I did for all four years of high school. And that was my favorite event. Even though I'm not doing anything related to forensics now, I really liked the, the, the event was you have some a lab and a bunch of physical evidence that's related to a fictitious crime scene. And so you have to solve a crime by analyzing this evidence and then write an analysis. And I really liked the problem solving aspect and also the teamwork because that one, a lot of my other events, we kind of work just basically both learned everything. But for forensics, my partner and I had really got our process down where he would analyze certain things and I would analyze other things and I wrote the analysis and we had to really rely on each other to do our part correctly because I needed all that evidence to write the analysis and he needed my some of my stuff for what he was doing so that was really yeah my favorite event I think partly because of the teamwork and then just the problem solving and then I also did optics and circuit lab Mm. which I liked and that got me into physics Of course. And then part of the fun of Mm -hmm. a Science Olympiad tournament is that you usually get to go to either a big high school or a community college or a university setting. So, you know, a lot of times people are loading onto buses and there's pep rallies, but those are for sports. Well, guess what? People are loading onto buses and going to pep rallies for Science Olympiad, too, because you're heading off to a tournament. All the major flagship universities, we have tournaments at every Ivy League, Big Ten, SEC, ACC, Pac-10 school. Those are the hosts of all the Science Olympiad tournaments. And that's part of the fun of going is that you get to not only Mm -hmm. be doing what you love, which is science, you get to be part of a team with a bunch of people who are your friends. These are your ride or dies. A lot of people will get married to people that are in Science Olympiad on their teams. That's their wedding party. There's so many Science Olympiad weddings. It's crazy. But going to the campus and then being with an actual professor at the front of the room running your event for you, that's your event supervisor. That's who's running the lab or doing the the aerospace event for you. That's really exciting and inspiring because you have immediate access to this these mentors and you have a vision of what it's going to be like when you go to college yeah tournaments were some of my favorite days of the year oh yeah there, there was a lot of hard work that went into <laughs> oh, preparing yeah. for tournaments in, in recent history caitlin is the only person that we know that won she was in five events at state and won first in all five events so that's um, incredible we're, that we're is really That's a huge achievement. (laughs) Thank you. So speaking of those events, the events aren't set. So you mentioned something and describing this a little bit, like it's not just, and both Caitlin and my son more particularly were involved in FLL, right? The first Lego league, which is a great activity to learn more about robotics, a little bit more about programming. This has 23 events. There's a little (laughs) bit, like you said, of something for everyone in there and opportunities to be stretched, right? Because often as you're putting the teams together, there's someone that goes, oh, we only have one person for this event. Who wants to help out, right? It's to stretch people, too. And the events don't just stay fixed year to year. Can you just talk about how the events work and how that how they change up? 
Yeah, we try to rotate our events. We rotate, I would say, about a quarter of the events every year. There are some that are our signature events that you cannot get rid of. We didn't have write or do it, write it, do it. I think there would be some sort of a mass mutiny event. So there's things like disease detectives, which stay in the rotation. There's always a disease detectives event, which is an epidemiological event. So you're doing some sort of a public health outbreak mystery, but we change the subtopics. So there's a lot of events where we keep the main topic, but we change the subtopics. And then we also like to freshen things up. We like to follow the science. So if there's something new and cool, like code busting, something new in cybersecurity, we have a right at Cadet event. So we took everything, we took some cues from the virtual world and from the professional world and said, let's just not use little Legos and cups and straws and things to build a device. Let's actually do it in the digital space and let's have kids who understand how to work with CAD software. Let's have them do write it, do it in the CAD space. So it's called write it, CAD it. So we do stay Science Olympiad as it's been around for 40 years. One of the things we like to do is dust our topics off once in a while because there are things in science that don't necessarily change as rapidly as you'd think. So some of the curriculum was set in stone and we'd follow what the textbooks offer and what the regular curriculum is. We don't want to stray too much from the standards. So we want to make sure teachers don't feel uncomfortable coaching our events and students don't feel uncomfortable trying too many new things, but we like to keep it fresh. So we're always working with industry partners, government partners. We have people from NASA, people from the U.S. Forest Service, like I said, the CDC, the National Institutes of Health. We work with NOAA as well. So we have almost every government agency, and I think they're pretty much on top of things in terms of what's cutting edge in science, bringing us content so that what we're offering kids is a taste of what's to come. Yeah, it's a very deep STEM education, right? And it for is. the years that you're in it, and also provides those critical soft skills did you have an idea? I'm sure you do somewhere. I don't know if you have it at your fingertips. How many middle schools and high schools that, that you're in? Yeah, last year, was we were still coming through the pandemic. So we got hit pretty mm-hmm. A lot of schools couldn't, obviously couldn't have Science Olympia teams because they canceled all their extracurriculars in 2020. So what we did was we actually turned Science Olympia into an entirely virtual experience, which was quite a, quite a shift in the space of yep. about six months. But our community was able to do that and build an entire platform to host all the Science Olympiad events. So people were still able to play, but we lost some teams. So last year we had almost 6,000 teams. This year I think we'll have about 6,500. So in each division, B, which is middle school, and C, which is high school, we usually have between three and 4,000 teams. Okay. And I know this isn't just public schools. There's all kinds of schools that do this. There's home schools that participate mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Uh, if a parent or a guardian is listening and said, hey, this sounds like a great thing. I, my, my kid is at the right age or coming up. To, I don't know how to find out about a program. How do we do that? It's really easy. We have a really short URL for our website. It's SOINC.org. So just what you think, Science Olympiad Inc., SOINC.org. And our website has tons of information on it. We have a link to state websites where you can find out how your student can join through a team through their school. Like you said, we're open to public schools, private schools, charter schools, home schools, just as long as there's an actual school. We don't register teams from church groups or like a private club. It has to be through a school, and that's for the safety of all the students. Sure. And I keep saying parent or guardian a lot. There's also a need for mentors, right? Listeners, most of us are in product management, innovation management. We have good skills to bring to help teams out. And that's just enormous fun, too, to be a mentor for a school a team and just help them think through some of these activities that they're doing. 
Oh, Science Olympiad would not exist if it were not for volunteers. We have a handful of paid staff around the country. Everyone is doing this as a love of the game activity, and we rely on a giant volunteer army to not only run our competitions, to coach the teams, but also, like you said, to act as mentors. So we look for subject matter experts in all those categories, from vehicles to aeronautics to design to engineering to biology, to chemistry, we need people to work with the students, to inspire them, to also run through that content. Just like any engineer is familiar with, we have specs, essentially. So we have a set of rules each year, and our rules rule are basically between a page or two. So a student who's going to do, like your daughter did, the forensics event, she would have a page or two of rules. She would practice for, the, for what the challenge was going to be and then come prepared on that day for an event that's about 50 minutes long. So for every one of those 23 events, we really do need people to inspire the students, to run them through that content, and then to also provide that bridge between the content and what it's like to actually be in the real world doing this as your career. Very good. Okay. I was just thinking my experience, we always go to the same college for regionals when we were doing this. And one thing I look forward to is the host of that is in the chemistry department, I think, right? And I'll probably get this joke wrong, so you can fix it. Oh, no, I, I know you Do you know, know the joke? Yeah. You share the joke. Well, so at the end, before the award ceremony, they're always waiting for the <laughs> awards to come in. And so this uh, one professor says, well, I could spend our time telling a chemistry joke, but I don't think I would get a reaction. Uh, but I'm sure. Where's your little but I'm sure? Don't you have? Don't you have a little drum? I know. I should yeah. And, and we heard it every year for. Oh yeah, every year. Four years. Uh-huh. It was great. Oh, that's so but true. It was so there, good there is a to delay. Be involved and just help out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So how about some success stories? Because you shared some ahead of time as we were preparing for this discussion together. Like, wow, I had no... So I'm just curious, whatever stories you want to share about Science Olympia to we might recognize or who went on to do some kind of cool things. Well, our Science Olympiad alums are some of the most amazing people out there. So there's everyone from NASA astronauts to CEOs to people who are running startups to engineers and professors at every university across the country. And with 40 years of alums, you can imagine there's actually millions of people who've done Science Olympiad. So we don't talk to those millions of people every day, but we do have a really good handle on who our alums are. And we do as an organization, I think we do one of the best jobs keeping the alums involved as state directors, mentors, event supervisors, and volunteers. And we do like to keep track of them, keep track of their stories, and check on LinkedIn and see who reaches out to us. We have an alumni survey people can fill out. But some of my favorites, I mean, some of them are like famous people you would know, like Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook. There's just this wonderful, like, handwritten application to Harvard that he filled out with all of his Science Olympiad medals. It's just a fantastic piece of like, it's an artifact. So Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Chen, the founder of YouTube. So another tech wizard, people who basically did Science Olympiad in their middle school and high school years and used it as a jumping off point to go to college and then become really skilled and start huge companies that are still very viable today that we rely on. So the very famous people. Then there's people who, one of my favorite people, and actually I would consider him a friend, someone who started out in Michigan and loved all the nature events and actually I think received medals for fossils, rocks, and went on to actually 
get a degree in meteorology. So he's a, got a PhD in meteorology from the University of Oklahoma and went on to be a renowned storm chaser. So Reed Timmer is just this incredible Science Olympiad alum. And as it relates to products and innovation, he designed one of the coolest things I've ever seen, which is the Dominator series of tornado proof. And I say that with quotes around it, tornado proof vehicles called the Dominator. So I showed you that video on Jay Leno's garage, and I hope you watched it because what he was able to develop using Kevlar and like next generation space age materials for the windows, for the doors. He has spikes that actually drive the vehicle into the ground to place it where it needs to be in case there's a huge tornadic wind coming at him. He designed that as well. So talk about innovation. So Reed Timmer is amazing. And then there's just like loads of people who did cool things and got lots of patents. And one of my favorites is somebody who who did a, a great video for us, actually, for our 30th anniversary. And his name is Chris Currow. And he won a huge student competition when he was at Cooper Union in New York for developing the rapid packing container. So what he likes to say is that Science Olympia taught him how to prototype, iterate, hmm. and then redevelop. So he and his partner in Science Olympia did a lot of the building events, and they took that skill with them to college. And once the, when it came time to do the student competition for design and development of a product that would actually work, he was ready. And so they actually won the student competition and he received a U.S. patent. And now he teaches at Cooper Union. Very cool. Wow. Great examples. Yeah. I was just thinking as you're going through that list, right, the preparation that this provides and our theme here is how do we prepare the next generation of innovators, right? Another benefit is scholarships. And I wonder if you would just share, because you had an interesting scholarship interview mm -hmm. pertains to this. She was applying for a full ride scholarship that she ended up receiving, but SO became a factor. Yeah, it was. So I graduated in 2020. So we had a Zoom interview and there were so there were a bunch of people on it. But two of the people, I think there were four people total. and Two of them had done Science Olympiad when they were students. And so when I shared my experience, I think they really connected with that and were that they understood the amount of work that goes into it. And so I think that was a really big factor in receiving that scholarship. Oh, absolutely. And there are certain colleges now that put on their application page, if you would like to come to our college, here's what we recommend. And Science Olympiad is quite often mentioned as something that you should try doing. And it's not just because you won a gold medal. It's because of exactly what you said. It, it exemplifies all the work and the kind of skills that colleges and employers are looking for. Somebody who's resilient, somebody who has grit, somebody who's not afraid to work with a complete stranger and then actually put your heart and soul into something and have it not just be about you. Those are some of my mm. very favorite moments in Science Olympiad when I get a note from a student that says, I did Science Olympiad and I'm awesome, but my partner stinks and we didn't win and I'm mad. Can I get my own medal? Or can I advance individually away from my team? Can I make it to state? And I'm like, well, let me tell you about how the world works. It's not just about you. And I relish those moments as teachable moments to tell students, this is where like the world will break you later. Let us break you a little bit sooner into what it's like to actually understand that it, 
life is not a straight line and it's not a, just a perfect trajectory and an upward line that you can control. I think Science Olympiad helps you understand those facts of life that will make you a better person because if you don't fail till later, it's going to hurt a lot worse. I think it's really important for students to understand being part of a team, being part of something that isn't always perfect is a really good thing to learn very young. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We had an extraordinarily good team coach, maybe mm-hmm. just really good people involved. But I was thinking as you're talking about that, it also provided such a good opportunity for people to rise to the occasion. Yeah. Where like maybe that you have that unbalanced team that someone really is into the subject and is really learning a lot and the other person is kind of like, yeah, so so. But we saw more times than not everyone rising to the occasion, right? And like God, I see why you like this so much. That helps me to be more interested and in, in just that sense of competition and also teamwork kind of coming together to say, yeah, th- th- this is fun, hard work, but rewarding too. Oh, 100%. And I think that you also are very inspired by your surroundings. I've had students from yeah. underserved areas tell me that when they showed up, they got off the bus and showed up to Science Olympiad, they walked into registration and they said, oh my God, I didn't realize this many people just like me also love science. And it was like they found their people. That was, was they found their home. And they didn't know that. Walking down the halls of their school or maybe being the only person in the back of the room in the lab who's like acing all the tests, who's doing great, but you're not really necessarily understanding who else likes that. When you go to Science Olympiad, you see hundreds, if not thousands of other kids just like you who are really into it. And these kids are not, these are not the stereotypical kids you'd think of. The students that do Science Olympiad are often the multitasking overachievers who are doing every competition, who are in band, who are in theater, who are playing sports. I just had to talk to the NCAA Office of Compliance to give a scholarship to someone in college who was a full-ride NCAA athlete. So And she wants to be part of Science Olympiad. So it really, I think, develops what people call today the whole child experience. I really do feel like Science Olympiad is one of the best ways for students to have an extracurricular that not only like feeds their mind, but actually also feeds their spirit. Yeah, 100% agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. As listeners know, we enjoy innovation quotes around here. And I asked you to bring something for us. Can you share that and also tell us what it means to you? Oh, and I can. And I told you that uh, this person is like very close to my heart and my soul because we just had our 2022 Science Olympiad National Tournament. And it was our second national tournament that we had to have in the virtual space, which is so strange to us to not be gathering at a university. And we had an amazing university lined up. We had Caltech, one of the meccas of innovation and engineering in the entire world, not only just the United States. So Caltech was our virtual host for the 2022 tournament. We put together a wonderful opening ceremony with a keynote speaker who happened to be Dr. Francis Arnold, who just happens to be a 2018 Nobel Prize winner. So I, as CEO of Science Olympiad, I like to use my bully pulpit to talk a lot about women in STEM and also the gaps that exist in the STEM universe. So Having a very high-profile woman in STEM as one of the very few women who've won scientific Nobel Prizes, it was wonderful to have her do a speech for us. And so I've looked into her biography quite a bit. And one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Arnold is, "There's two, well, there's two of them. Can I do two? Is it okay sure. if I do two? Well, you so have one of them is, as engineers, we want to create things that don't necessarily exist on the planet 
or have may have never existed, but that solve real problems. So I just love that she's so into solving problems and being very responsible in her use of chemical engineering in the world. So she has a deep commitment to sustainability, to using renewable products. So I love that about her. And then she also said, if you're going to change the world, you've got to be fearless. And that kind of speaks to what we've been talking about. She has a lot to say about failure. She has a lot to say about starting companies. She started three companies now since she's been at Caltech and she's a professor of chemical engineering. Obviously, a lot of her innovations are leading to incredible product discoveries and also improved products that are using her. Essentially, she has engineered enzymes to create better products. So she has um, alternative solutions to fossil fuels. So she also is creating enzymes that are creating better solutions, chemical detergents, things like that. But everything that she does is in that innovation space. You wouldn't necessarily think of a Nobel Prize winner as like a, someone who's in the business world as well. But she blends those skills together seamlessly, and she's inspiring this entire generation of young people who are thinking, well, I like chemistry, I like engineering, but I'm not necessarily thinking about business. And one of the main reasons that I was so inspired to come on your show and talk about products and innovation is that I do think that's one of the things that's missing in our middle school and high school curriculum today. We focus on math, we focus on science, but we don't talk enough about business. We don't talk enough about entrepreneurial behavior. We don't talk enough about what really happens when you get into the world. We don't talk about venture capital. These are things that kids don't find out until maybe college or maybe even beyond. So I feel like talking about how to use your incredible STEM skill set to advance yourself in the business world is something that everyone should know about because it it creates such potential for ownership, which is one of the brass rings, I think, in this world is to have something that you can call your own, a patent or a trademark, something, an innovation, starting a business. This should be part of our curriculum, and I hope we can talk more about that over the next few years in Science Olympiad. You're speaking to the heart of many innovators and product managers, right? And the quote that you shared from Dr. Arnold, being able to solve real problems, creating something new. Oh, gosh, that's just what we love doing. Hopefully, people listening feel inspired. To, if you don't know about Science Olympia, to go find out, see if there's a chapter at where your school's team and where your kids are. And think about being a mentor as well to help these teams just see them succeed. And it's just a great experience to be a mentor for them. And there's other ways to help too, like judging and helping out with activities. And like, how can, tell us again, how can people find out more about Science Olympia? Our website is the number one place to go. So it's www.soinc.org. So Science Olympiad Incorporated, SOINC.org. So just five short letters and you'll be at our website. And if you want to find out about local information, one of the first tabs is state websites. And you can learn more about what's going on in your state and find out how to have a student join a team. Fantastic. Jenny, really appreciate you being with us today. Of course. Thank you so much. It was really nice to meet you. And thank you for everything you do, because I know Science Olympiad has changed my life and a lot of other people's too. Oh, I love hearing that. That's incredible. And listeners, just as a reminder, if you want to find a written summary of what we talked about, including if you can't remember soinc.org, you'll find <laughs> that link on the show notes as well. Simply go to productmasterynow.com slash 426. Everyone, keep innovating. Thank you for listening to Product Mastery Now, where product leaders and managers gain product mastery through practical knowledge, influence, and confidence. 
By listening, you are becoming a product master, creating products customers love. Find additional resources at productmasterynow.com. Keep innovating.